Friends, grace and peace to you in Jesus' name. Amen. My alma mater, Luther College, is a very small college in northeast Iowa. We don't often make the national news for much of anything. But about 15 years ago or so, uh, we did. We were actually in a, a worldwide publication. Now, it wasn't the New York Times, nothing like that. Instead, we were in a, a magazine produced, that very sophisticated magazine produced by Hugh Hefner. Yes, indeed, Luther College, a college of the Lutheran Church in Northeast Iowa, was in Playboy. And here's why. At that time, the students at Luther College had a tradition. Now, since that time, the administration has successfully squelched that tradition. But at the time, in the week between the last day of classes and graduation, at around 2 o'clock in the morning, which strangely is about the same time as when the bars close, Hundreds of students would pour out onto the library lawn, a big stretch of grass right in the center of campus, for a friendly game of soccer with no clothes on. (laughs) Co-ed, naked soccer at Luther College. As I said, the administration was not terribly pleased. Now, there are a couple of reasons that naked soccer happened at 2 o'clock in the morning. One is that when the bars get out, well, let's just say inhibitions might be a little bit more relaxed. But also, while there are a few security lights on the library lawn, it's considerably darker at 2 o'clock in the morning than it is, say, at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And despite the fact that those students, they, of course, loved to have fun, they weren't all super excited about everyone seeing them naked because who is, right? My guess is that most of us, I mean, some of you might be super proud of your bodies, but most of us are pretty circumspect with who gets to see us without our clothes on, right? This is true of pretty much everyone I know. In fact, I would say probably one of the the, the scariest or, or, or worst dreams that a lot of people have that's fairly common is that dream where you show up at work or at school or at the grocery store or church and you look down and realize that you're not wearing any pants. Or worse, anyone else have dreams like that? The reason that's a bad dream is not because it's particularly scary. You know, usually those dreams don't end in danger necessarily, but it's because it's embarrassing. Because most of us carry shame in our skin. Everyone as parts of themselves, they don't want everybody to see. Now, this has been going on for a very long time, but it wasn't always like this. After all, I'm fairly certain that we are the only animal in all of creation that willingly wears clothes. I say willingly because, trust me, your cat really doesn't want to wear that tutu (laughs) and wouldn't on its own volition unless you made it, right? We're the only ones in creation who cover up. It wasn't always like that. There was a time, apparently, when our first parents were naked and unashamed. In fact, that's how chapter 2 in the book of Genesis ends. The very end of the creation of humankind is that the man and the woman were there in the garden and they were naked together and they were unashamed. 
That scripture quote, by the way, was printed on t-shirts and sold at Luther College during the last week of school. Because it's a college of the church, after all, right? But then something changed. What changed was the tree and the snake and the fruit. And suddenly, they could see right and wrong. They could see good and evil. They could begin to judge. And I've always been fascinated by the fact that the very first thing, literally the very first thing that they do when they suddenly can tell right from wrong, good from evil, is they look down and realize they're naked and they are filled with shame. And they quickly, crudely sew some fig leaves together to cover up and they hide. They hide. They hide from God, they hide from others, because suddenly shame was born. Now, you know me, I, I, I tend to like to try and find ways for worship to stick with us through the rest of the week, you know, creative things to make the stories that we talk about on Sunday mornings go with us. So, this morning, I, I, was, I was thinking that I would invite all of you to take your clothes off. <laughs> Who's first? <laughs> Jerry pointed at me. Nobody? You really are a bunch of Lutherans, aren't you? Right? No, of course not. For any number of very good reasons, we're not going to do that this morning. But it does beg the question, what are you ashamed of? What do you hide? What is it about your body? The bumps and the lumps, the stretch marks or the scars, the tattoos or other things that don't quite hold their shape anymore? What are you ashamed of? What stories of shame do you wear in your flesh? What else do you keep hidden from public view? I mean, what if everybody in this room could read your web browser history? All of it. What if we could all see your school transcripts? What if when you came forward for communion this morning, written on your forehead was which of the Ten Commandments you struggled with most this last week? Is it adultery, greed, violent anger? What if we could see everything? What are you ashamed of? What do you hide? What are the stories you don't want anyone to know or tell? What if your parents or your spouse or your children could see your dreams? Or know exactly what you're thinking in your most private moments. What do we keep hidden? From others? From our neighbors? Or from God? And that was the first thing they did. Was they hid. Thinking that God couldn't see them. But God can see God can see. Now, that sounds creepy, at least to me. But it's actually really good news. Because God can't heal what God doesn't know. Right? God can't heal what God can't see. And ours is a God who is in the business of healing us, healing our broken stories. 
Ours is a God who is interested in starting over, always starting over and over and over. That when our lives, our bodies, ourselves are marked by shame or guilt, brokenness or loss, ours is a God who digs deep and wants desperately to heal all that has been broken. And God's good at it. Ours is a story of a God who seeks us out every time we try to hide, to find us wherever we are, to know us in all the good and all the bad, and to find ways to move forward. He can't go back. We'll never go back to the garden, to the time when we were there and we didn't know better, time when we had no shame and no guilt. We can't go back there. But ours is a God who is constantly moving us forward. Not to be mired in our past, but instead to be given an open and beloved future. That's the story we begin again today. As we begin nine months of digging deep into the story of God's desperate love for all of creation. The story of God's accompanying us throughout all of our triumphs and our tragedies, to find ways to bring us peace, hope, forgiveness, and new life. Always, always new life. It's a story that ends and begins again, ultimately at the cross, where I know we're modest and a little bit squeamish about things, and so we cover it up. But in fact, when Jesus was crucified, he was naked. Naked as a blue jay, as my father might say. Wearing his birthday suit. Now, that's just how the Romans did things back then. But I think there's other meaning in that. Because on the cross, we see a God who was willing to wear in God's own skin all of our shame. To wear in God's own flesh and blood all of our brokenness. To carry it to the grave and to leave it there. So that we could be covered, not in shame, or in crude clothing that we cannot make for ourselves, but instead in the grace and love of God. That's the covering we receive when we are washed in the waters of baptism. That is the food that we are fed for this journey at this table. A journey of being covered in God's grace. So that when you come forward for communion today, I will not see written on your forehead which commandment you are terrible at keeping. And you're all terrible at keeping at least one. Rather, I will see written on your forehead, inscribed in that place, the sign of the one who has taken your shame, worn your guilt, and given you instead a life that is clothed and covered in endless and abundant grace. And thanks be to God for that. Amen. Amen.